This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. NXT TakeOver Portland. It is February 16th in the year 2020. And NXT is doing a takeover on a Sunday night. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan. Here to talk about everything that just went down in Portland. We had some surprises. We had uh, some of the unexpected, some uh, titles changing hands. Matt, what did you think about this takeover and how it stacks up to all of the other ones we've seen? I don't know how to compare them versus the other ones. And I'm not yeah. saying to be lazy or hedge my bet or anything anything like that. I just don't – they're just com- – it's completely different. It was yeah. an A++ for me. I mean, I was as emotionally invested in this damn thing as I've been in wrestling in a, in a while. Yeah. I, I really was. This this was a really, really strong pay-per-view. Like, this was a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know how sometimes, Glenn, it feels like work? You know yeah. what I mean? Because we do have to watch the show to come on here and talk about it. Oftentimes, Raw feels like that for me. Yeah. Um, this did not feel that way for me. This was fun to watch. This felt like eight-year-old Matt Morgan wrestling Mark watching wrestling again. It also felt – I don't know if you got this sense – it wasn't necessarily longer than the other takeovers, but I felt like that not being the night before a WWE pay-per-view, it got to breathe a bit more. Like if, That's a you good know what point. I mean? Because it feels like once these are over and we're talking about it the next day, bam, there's like WrestleMania or it's Survivor Series or it's Royal Rumble or something like eats up the head headlines on it. And you're right. This one's going to get a chance to breathe and it, as well as it should. So much happened tonight. It was so good. And, um, it was different. It was a different vibe. Now, this wasn't the only standalone takeover we've seen, but they've been few and far between in recent years. Why did they pick Sunday night? Do you know? By the way? Well, I think it was just the idea that, hey, that's normally the WWE pay-per-view night. Takeovers almost exclusively been on Saturdays. In fact, chat room, let us know if Takeover has ever not been on a Saturday. I'm thinking back to like Takeover Respect, oh, the one that they did in uh, Connecticut. Their pay- because their pay-per-views are then yeah. Sundays. That makes sense. Duh. So, I mean, this was different. I think. Have they ever done anything outside? Of- oh, well, I think they maybe did Friday uh, in Dallas because of Hall of Fame and yes. WrestleMania. Uh, yes. I, yeah, so there have been a few instances, but it, Sunday is the big night in WWE. That's their mm-hmm. money night. They gave it to NXT tonight, and I think NXT really delivered. Uh, and the Portland crowd, man. My God. Um, My God, they were great. It was insane. It was funny. Uh, I mean, we talked, my wife and I, maybe two weeks ago about flying up and going to this, but we were surprised at how sold out it was. Um, and you could tell tonight, I mean, that crowd was energetic. Yeah, and I think, to, Matt, to what we were talking about with the, the WWE pay-per-views, that's where it speaks to it. This wasn't an easy mark crowd that was in town for the Royal Rumble or in town for Mania. Nope. They came out for NXT tonight. This is 100% about that, that brand and that brand only. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you caught the pre-show, but it was interesting, like Sam Roberts, Charlie Caruso, and Mansoor, uh, who, of course, rose to fame in one of the WWE Saudi Arabia shows and is now training at the Performance Uh Center. Um, That was an interesting vibe uh, tonight on the pre-show. I'm going to go back and watch it now. Yeah, it was just a little different, you know, Uh, but I dug it, and they did a nice little vignette with Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne about the golf cart and transporting it to – 
to Portland, but <laughs> we we got going. Man, I love those guys. Did you think you were gonna pop as much for the, as as much mileage as they're getting out of this gimmick? I've got to be honest, I did not, but I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, did I mean, tonight. they're one of the most one of the best thrown together tag teams. Um, I think in, in memory. Yeah. Uh, so we opened tonight, kick things off really hot with Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. What did you think of Mark Henry's hype video for this? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And the, the right guy to do it. Mark Henry. I don't know if you ever had a chance to hear him on his, his wrestling show, a uh, radio show he's got, but Mark is really good. Like, yeah. He's not the Mark Henry that I went to OVW with. Mark Henry I went to OVW with and trained together was super humble and super cool, right? But he he didn't have this. He was still the guy that was making a million dollars a year, and the, the company had not squeezed their potential out of him just yet. Yeah. And and that was always like the knock on poor Mark. But big heart, though. But now he has all this respect. He's a former champion. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he Most importantly, he improved immensely since then. Um, back in those days in like 2002. Um, and now he has like legitimate, his, his, his voice carries, it has weight, it has uh, meaning behind it. You know what I mean? And, and so when he's out there, legitimacy, you know? So when he's out there talking about these two big guys and doing the hype video for it, I got super hyped for it. I really, really did. Um, and the match itself was just, holy crap. I can't believe they started the show off with these two beasts. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Callens with a 499 super chat. Thank you, Jackson, Thanks, Jackson. Saying, I never really watch NXT and my attention has been grabbed tonight. Have fun. Thanks as always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish they had more legends come in and hype up, especially with NXT, I, maybe where you don't, or I think they could, they could use being put over a little bit. And I think it'd be more, it's more legitimate. Why well, Sean Michaels talk about, uh, what's his name? Um, in the main event tonight with oh, Adam name? Cole. Adam Cole. I believe that. I don't believe he's being paid to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, I don't know what it is. It's the edgier show. It's the cooler, hipper show. And older talents love getting with younger talents before they hit the big stage, quote unquote, to say. NXT, I'm not saying isn't the big stage, but it's not Raw and SmackDown to a lot of these older, older wrestlers still mm. that maybe not watch it every single week and whatnot. So when they're getting like legit um, compliments towards these these guys and gals, it's real, I believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, and of course, Mark famously brought Bianca Belair into NXT in the WWE with with trying out. So I think Mark Henry having a hand in these younger talents. This hype video was money. This match started off so hot. What did you think of the match itself of Dominic versus? <laughs> I've seen a lot on my Twitter feed guys saying like this. What do you think, Matt? Was this the is is this the best big man match ever? Yeah, I was like, don't make it. Don't say that. Don't 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 say ever because when you do, then it takes away from what I just watched and how awesomely impressed I was with it. And now I'm racking my head of Taker versus Kane and these other big man matches. I'm trying to go back in time to see was was this better? Was it not? <laughs> you know, was Don Leo Jonathan versus Andre the Giant? You know, in Canada, better? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's, there's. I don't want to rack my brain like that. I just want to watch the match and be entertained. And holy crap, these two guys brought it. Yeah, they're, they're doing exactly what. It's not me. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back and put myself over, but this was part of like what I wanted to do with my blueprint character when I first pitched this to Vince McMahon. Was the giant 2.0? The giant has evolved. You're the only sport in which the big man has not evolved, Vince. 
um, basketball. You have Kevin Garnett bringing the ball up the floor at the time. Dirk Nowinski, seven foot one guys bringing the ball up the floor, playing guard at times, and running an offense even. Uh, Randy Johnson throwing gas from the pitching mound at six foot eleven. Um, you had all these big guys now advancing in sports, um, but not wrestling. Why? 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 Why does it have to be the friggin' stupid, you know, uh, Jolly Green Giant crap every time? You know, fee fi fo fum and yell for a choke slam. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, let's do this Ivan Drago training. I, I, I'll get into it at a different time. But my point is, these two guys are it. They're yeah. it in spades as far as moving the big man's. Um, What's the word? Um, uh, perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, big man is perceived in wrestling up of two two damn notches, two levels fully, um, in, in advancing with as far as their athleticism goes. You know, my whole thing was this. This was always my argument when people would say to me, and rightfully so, at times they would say, like I told you, Cornette flipped on me that one time. He saw me doing a shooting star press at the old OVW arena on a crash pad, and going, "Ain't nobody paying you to be a seven foot Ray Mysterio. If I see you do that again." You know, and he's my biggest fan, and so I, I would obviously listen to him. And, yeah. But in my head, I was like, well, if this was a real fight, and I could really do a move, like say it's a say say it's like a spinning uh, a spinning kick, let's say. Well, seven foot guys don't really generally do that in a, a normal fight. But if you physically could, and you're getting your ass kicked in a fight, and it's something you could physically go to, and you could really do. Why would you not do it? Would you stop and go, well, wait a minute. I'm seven feet tall, 300 pounds, and I'm in this fist fight at the bar. I'm not supposed to be quick and agile, so I'm going to just shut that part of my body off. What? No. So I don't understand with wrestling why we had to do that as well. I think it comes from the movies, man. I mean, I think it's this idea. I mean, think about it. You got guys like Tiny Lister, and you've seen dudes in movies that we saw growing up where that was always the idea. You're this lumbering beast. You've got some big power moves, but, oh, my God, somebody does something, stick a move, and you're stunned. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, and that part's fine, but then then you're no different than any of the other ones I always is what I always kind of felt. And I don't know. I just think if you could really do it, you should be able to do it. That's all. Yeah. Um, and I see the counter argument to it too. To be fair, I'd have a longer career if I did sure. to just doing the meat and potatoes, big man, big meat and potato, big man moves. Um, and I get that too. Um, so watching tonight, I was just like, this is. I was just in heaven watching these two guys go because they're doing all the cool athletic things that it, it was the right time and place. And when they went to hit these moves on one another, it wasn't totally overly contrived just to show up and say, "Hey, look at me! I can do a freaking backflip." Yeah, it made sense. And that's the hardest part. And they did it. And they did it in spades. Um, super proud of both of so these good. guys. So proud of them. This was an awesome way to kick the show off. And it was with two big guys. That's another thing that used to never happen. You yeah. never started any match or any show with two big guys. Yeah, and I think that's big, well because it used to be the attraction, the spectacle, Big right. Show and Brock collapsing the ring. Right. You know, it was yes. so uh, almost theatrical. So Kevin Langhoff, thank you for the super chat, saying I was saying the other day, how do they top NXT Portland to NXT Tampa? What I liked about tonight, this felt like the culmination of storylines, but in the sense that they were mm-hmm. building upon them and kicking it off to take it now the build up to Mania. Here we are, six weeks out roughly from yeah. uh wrestlemania takeover tampa and i think that tonight didn't resolve so many things as it kicked them into another level i think we could very yeah. well see balor gargano champa and adam cole in a fatal four-way perhaps <laughs> in tampa for the championship i'd pay I, to watch i don't think Dijakovic and keith lee are done either uh <clears throat> 
BM Williams, one, two, one, five, one, one with a super chat saying it doesn't have to be the best big man match. Thank it's you. just a fantastic match with guys who happen to be big. Have a Thank great you. night and cheers. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's part of the perception too, right? I mean, I would say the big men, not to the extent of, let's say women, but it's this idea of, uh, and yeah, WWE is super right. guilty of this. Oh, it's a tag match. Oh, it's a women's match. Oh, it's a luchador match. Oh, it's a big man's match. And the more we can do to break those boundaries and step outside mm -hmm. of those boxes, mm -hmm. the better it is for fans, the better it is for the industry. And better for matchups and fresh matchups and fresh story yeah. friends. Because now you're people that be working each other that normally may not be working each other. I like that last comment. Thanks for sending that in. Yeah, you guys in the chat are just on fire. This is fantastic. And here we are on a Sunday. This is even cool doing the podcast like this because, you know, yeah, we're going to have Raw tomorrow night, but it kind of changes up the rhythm. I like seeing, I'm looking at our live chat numbers now. I was looking at the buzz on Twitter. I like the idea that um, TakeOver can command this audience a little separated from a big WWE pay-per-view yeah. weekend. Uh, fun times with games with the Super Chat saying, Matt Morgan, no way you're in your 40s. And you live in the Sunshine State, man. I don't know how uh, you pull that off. You know, 43, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to be 44 next month, dude. Like, I'm going to be 44 in two weeks. When, when did this happen? I thought it was still 1995. Dude, I, I'm right there with you. I think it was 98. But <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And thank you for everyone for your well, uh, well wishes and kind words while I was gone. So I was at a podcast conference this past week. I'm back. And in fact, I have no travel on the books until WrestleMania, where we're going to be having the meetup on Friday, April 3rd at Rick's on the River in Tampa. Be sure to go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash wrestling inc. RSVP for that already, man. It's like close to 100 people, maybe even more, I haven't checked in a while, uh, who've already RSVP'd. Uh, and what's great about that is we're going to try and accommodate everyone in the venue, but if you RSVP and say that you're going, we're going to guarantee you get a spot there. We're going to yeah. do uh, some sort of live thing. We still haven't worked out all the, the details yet, but I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll definitely do some type of show, some type, whether it's it's something with all, all of us up there, no matter what, something like that will, will go on. But the more of you that tell us what's going on, the more that, that you'll be there, right, the better we'll be able to set this up for you guys. Yeah, well, and the, and the more, you know, effort I'm going to put into it, it's going to be like, oh, should I rent like, you know, like a tux for this, something get a little dressed up, <laughs> you know, I'm oh, like, guys, for the next 50 fans or 100 fans that say, come on and say that they're going, and you guys really have to go, you can't just say it and not go, Glenn has offered to wear his Zuba's outfit. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, that's a good stretch, well, I was gonna say maybe the track suit, but no, the Zuba's, I like that. Zuba's are over, dude. Those dude. And, you know, here's the thing about Zubas. People think what you will about the fashion. Matt, you can attest to this. They're the most comfortable Comfortable clothes. as hell. No question. And to make matters worse to the fans watching and listening right now, I would rock them with Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> so, comfortable. Awesome. so comfortable. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at this on Facebook. 64 going, 111 interested on top of that. So, uh, please, call your shot. Mark your intent. Yeah. It's going to be close to everything else going on at WrestleMania weekend. We made sure to pick a venue that was central. Going to be able to go to SmackDown that night. Uh, and, of course, um, Matt, I know you're going to try and be around Mania weekend. I'm going to be there as much as possible. I I'm waiting even more so after tonight. I want to try and get tickets for the uh, NXT at Full Sail the Wednesday before Mania. Oh. See, oh, if there's a way, because I would love to go to that. I think that's going to be a hot show, especially given these angles they're already starting to build. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see us around, but come out to that meetup, and we'll uh, cool. we'll stay there till the last person leaves. Anyhow, Keith Lee won this first match. It's absolutely fantastic. Do you think Dijakovic, though, um, 
I don't want to say he got hurt a little bit, but clearly it hurt him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't get a win here. Right. Um, I did think the same thing, actually. Um, I don't think he's like hurt. Like, like I don't think he's destroyed or buried. He had one of the best matches of the night and which is saying something on this card um, and had a great showing for himself. Yeah. Um, I think he definitely got more over tonight. No question. But as far as those uh, fans that watch for wins and losses and say, well, yeah, that's great. He did fantastic. He wrestled his heart out, but he still lost. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they're going to have to pump him with something. They're going to have to give him some people to beat before he goes back to him somehow. They just do. I hate when they don't do that. They got to give him some wins. I feel like that's the unique position NXT is in now, right? They've got all these stars that we want to see. On the shows, remember NXT it used to be you wouldn't see somebody for a month sometimes, like they would yeah. pop up, then disappear. Yeah. I feel like since they've gone to, U- to USA, they're feeling a little more pressure to get the big stars involved in every match and every angle. So we're not seeing so much that uh someone can you know take the time do an enhancement match here and there. Um, but yeah, DJ Kovic, I feel like they, they just gotta keep it on with him. But Keith Lee, man, is so so over getting that win tonight, retaining the NXT North American title. It was fantastic. And we went right from that into a street fight with Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Man, I watched Tegan Knox's story. Uh, it was on YouTube for some reason. So I'm guessing it was a network special as well. Her recovery, um, her her road to recovery and redemption coming back from injury. She's going to be a pretty big star by all by all accounts by everybody oh, definitely how they talk about her it, you could tell none of that was really really scripted or they were just working and trying to put their buddy over by making making nice comments about her they really believe that this girl's the truth yeah um you could tell yeah so i watched tonight's match with with that if that makes any sense in the background in my head as i'm watching it and she's just she's something else man she is yeah it's, it's when I gonna sound like I just continue to overly put over this division, right? But it's it is redonkulous. It's, it's so good. It I know so effing stacked, and I, I can't. There's not any bad matchups. I've never no. seen anything like that where I can't say there's any bad matchups. Yeah, but this match no. was crazy good. I love this. There's a great storyline behind it, multiple layered, which is my favorites. This is a good story. This is a good match. It was brutal. There were some nasty spots in there. Um, yeah. Matt, dude, I was thinking about you at the end when uh tried to put her through the table and the table didn't break. Oh, it's so hard to do it with, with, with these uh, lighter girls. It just is. And it's so painful to them. It yeah. kills their body. It kills it. So, so no, I bet. And this... Oh, can't believe like hit her knee with a laptop there were some great spots in this there were <laughs> yeah. some great spots in this it was so inventive it was yeah. so fresh um try to think when's the last time we saw a women's street fight match i feel like those are super duper rare the only one i, I recall is becky and, and what's her name ben charlotte like oh really, yeah really gritty and beating the snot out of each other was that the evolution match i think it was like a ladders match yeah. maybe or tables it was a long time ago yeah At least um half ago so right. what was interesting to get over, but this match gave me that same vibe, if not more. This was really gritty. I like this. Well, and I thought it was interesting with Dakota Kai uh, being assisted in the win by Raquel Gonzalez, who, of course, was in the May Young Classic as Reina Gonzalez and uh, yeah. kind of almost acting like her muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 hey, that gives her a new layer, a new wrinkle. I, I just didn't. 
I always hate when there's outside interference, and we'll get into that later. Yeah. Sometimes there's a reason for it. You need it to protect the other talent. So if they lose, well, they lost because somebody, you know, interfered, obviously. But I just think they should have been smart. That's the only complaint I had. Wait, I am the table coming to Botchamania soon. <laughs> Hope Tegan is okay from that bump. B Williams, one, two, one, one, five, one, one. Five dollar super chat. Thank you, B Williams. Seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think it's so much a botch, just as the fact that no. it's, not, it's yeah, that's not you need some weight. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta gimmick the table somehow for a lighter competitor. Or you got to spike the crap out of her even harder. That's the only other thing you can do. Um, it, it's not. I think everybody knows it hurts worse now. I, I'm pretty sure I get that vibe from a lot of fans. Yeah. So I, but more, but more importantly, it actually shoot does hurt. You want to be able to do moves that don't really hurt, but look like they do. Yeah. Versus do a move that you know doesn't look like it hurt, but it freaking kills. Yeah. Well, and I think the difference would be that. Damn. You know, you land in your back, you take a bump, you absorb the blow across, was it your shoulders, your upper back, you're protected. You go through a table, the table breaks your fall. So really, mm-hmm. actually, you were saying a bump through a table when done cleanly, it's actually better than doing a straight bump. Definitely. And now yeah. some other wrestlers watch and like, what are you talking about, man? Maybe it's because I'm heavier. Yeah. I always felt that way. But um, especially on the outside, it's yeah. much better to go through a table than that. Yeah. So, but so in the case, what happened uh, tonight is yeah. she bounced off of it. Ow. Yeah. Oh, it's just gotta gotta not be good. Um. Mm. So I like the interference. I think with Dakota Kai aligning her with someone else, I think you know, good for Raquel Gonzalez. I think this is gonna help build her. Uh, but it really shows uh, with uh, Tegan Knox that yeah, I think this is far from over, and it's good because we need more women's storylines, not just in NXT. In every company, in every division, we need more compelling women's storylines that don't have a championship title attached to them. And this is a really good one with, like I said, really, really deep layers to it. This is a long storyline. You know what I mean? This is a really deep one. Yeah, and as uh, Colonel Falco was pointing out, Tegan's head and neck is what hit the table. Mm. Uh, like uh, after, I think, uh, the initial impact and the, the bounce. And, uh, of course, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie uh, saying, your weight destroys tables, Matt. Yeah, I think I, – I, could you imagine how thick a table would have to be for you not to break it? Or would it have to be like pine maybe or solid oak? New Japan's tables were pretty tough to go through. They're not wow. anymore, but they used to be. They used to be thick and very skinny. Mike Hyde with the Super Chat saying that Adam Cole's win tonight means that in seven weeks he'll be tied as the longest reigning NXT champ ever. The current record is held by Finn Balor. So I love the idea. Oh, I wonder how that coincides with Tampa. Somebody look at a calendar. I wonder if that builds up even better the idea for a fatal four-way and Finn trying to keep Cole from breaking that record. That's a very nice angle if it works out. It feels like it lines right up, actually, week-wise. Yeah, seven weeks uh, from today. We'll see. And so I'm looking at a calendar now. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Ooh. So seven weeks from today is WrestleMania. It is. Yeah. So uh, TakeOver being a couple nights before, there you go. The story writes itself. Mm-hmm. That Finn Balor wants to preserve his record and keep Adam Cole from uh, retaining at TakeOver Tampa. I, I really, really, though, instead of Finn, I really, really like to see. Um, our guy from tonight, um, uh, uh, Champa. Yeah, I, I really like him. 
I love him, man. Tonight, I, I w- didn't agree with the ending, but now that I think about it, though, looking at, with Mike Hyde, thanks for pointing that out, because looking at that, now I could see why they would keep it on Adam Cole, because it, it really does, yeah. really, really does uh, build up the stakes for that Tampa match. It does. It does. The fan in me didn't like the finish. Yeah, well, because part of it is that, you know, we root for these guys. We want their emotional journey to have a satisfying conclusion, but they pull the the rug out from under us. And uh, <laughs> they did. We keep coming back for more. So Dakota Kai won that match. And then, uh, speaking of which, we went right into Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. And talk about letting a match breathe. This was such a long match, such a layered match. Um, so much happened here, so much back and forth. Finn ultimately won, but I like the storytelling that they did with Gargano um, and him turning on Ciampa later in the night, perhaps as a result of his loss here. Mm-hmm. They did a good job on the headset um, of trying to cross that those storyline bridges over. Uh, of saying something could have snapped him in, something snapped in him in that match earlier on tonight. That that was a good little uh, bow they put on it. Um, but the match itself was a clinic. Of course, it was going to be one. Um, and of course, Finn was going to win. I had any any reservations in, at all that he was going to win. Uh, uh, say Ja saying this Balor is meaner than the demon by miles. No need. It is kind of weird thinking back how Finn was this baby face when he was doing the demon character. Yeah. Just so yeah. over with the crowd. But now he just comes across as, as like a real asshole, but it works for him. Dude, when the time is right, they, he continues to develop this heel persona of his, his heel character. When the time is right, I'm talking a year from now or whenever um Bray Wyatt's fiend starts getting corny or old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you that you have your out by bringing the demon back and have him be the one to unseat him. I think it would be amazing, but I think we're a ways away from there. Uh Way tonight. Yeah. yeah. I mean tonight just shows that how invested they are in Balor because honestly mm-hmm. it kind of tells you um just how they see him, right? I mean, this isn't he went back to NXT to be enhancement talent, get younger guys over. Like Finn Balor, I mean, even the way they're saying on a commentary, right? Like he went to the main roster. I mean, the way they're positioning it is this isn't the sunset or third act of his career that this guy is still in his prime. He, he definitely is. And he made it look like he chose this brand. He, they may, and they should be booking it that way. They should be talking about it that way. That he went and did huge things on SmackDown and Raw, first Universal Champion. They need to hype all that shit up, and that yeah. he chose NXT because he wanted to. It's the best competition, and he wanted to go there. No, absolutely. Um, so we got a promo, and this match. I mean, I feel like you really need to watch it. It's like the back and the forth of this. It was very um, technical, just a lot of great false finishes. It's for two guys at the top of their game. Um, I mean, this yeah. was, I think, a match just for the hardcore wrestling fan, and it was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a promo for Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream, uh, which did not happen tonight. It's happening on Wednesday's NXT. Now, I did not watch NXT this past Wednesday, but did they further that feud a bit more after Velveteen's surprise reemergence last week? The week before? I want to say yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to say. I'm see already, already, I don't remember. I just, I don't think Roddy is a good talker. 
Yeah, I mean, Old Velveteen's clearly winning. I mean, but tonight was so stacked, but that could have easily had a place on the card tonight. Um, for me, man, this was my main event, and all these matches were killer, but Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley tonight. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, how do you think... Okay, I know for me, like, my expectations for for this match were sky high. I think maybe it didn't quite... <laughs> It didn't meet my expectations, but I don't honestly, I don't know that anything could have at this certain point because I love both these women so much. I love their characters, their dynamic. And we knew that Charlotte was waiting in the wings. In fact, yeah. Wrestling Inc. broke the story today, I believe, oh, um, yeah. that Charlotte was backstage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Bianca's entrance was great. Rhea's entrance was great. Um, this was absolutely a fantastic match. Are you surprised that Charlotte didn't come in and interfere, interfere till afterwards? yeah because doesn't that kind of kill like bianca off a little no i don't know why they do this to her man i mean like what is she lacking 10 second difference makes all the difference in the world here where you don't she's not lacking let's just be clear yeah she ain't lacking shit this is them and we love rio we just got done singing her praises for like months um as well but right now bianca's the hotter act at the moment and and Rhea's still a super white hot act too, I would argue. But that's why even more reason why you save this. This yeah. could have been by itself a WrestleMania match one day. Um, don't give it away. Yeah. Don't give away this finish. I don't know. I don't know. And uh now that video package did put Rhea over pretty hard. I think it did a good job of putting Bianca over with the rumble. And it was interesting they were talking about the pre-show and commentary, like she's won every performance center combine challenge that they've done um you know over the past couple of years but i felt like uh, they obviously see something in her right but what is she yeah. missing i was trying to figure this out during this tonight because it's like ria is so dominant bianca so much swagger entrance amazing carries herself in the ring great she's right. got a good move set the yeah. hair whip is is like one of the coolest things i've ever seen in professional wrestling I almost think she needs like two or three more power moves. I don't know if they would let their, let her do this. I don't know if she has done this. Remember Daniel Bryan got in trouble for this with the Nexus invasion. I almost want Bianca to do like a submission move with that braid, like choke somebody out with the braid. You know what I mean? Like she just needs a couple more big power moves. And I think she's credible to take out anyone. I just don't know why they didn't give them a little more time tonight. Didn't make Bianca look a little more dominant yeah. uh, and have Rhea win. If Charlotte was just going to come right in after, and attack both of them. Yeah, that part it was a great match. So just to be clear, like to yeah, listening this this match you need to watch this. This was a, another one that I would say is a clinic. But Bianca, if you watched the parts in where she ain't missing it, and you watch her, it's her punches, her forearms, her kicks, the basics that you think aren't a big deal. Her shit looks legit. So yeah. many times I watch some girls that will get in there. And where will they'll show how green they are to me is in their kicks mm. and their forms for whatever reason. I've always noticed that as a wrestler, um, even with TNA and WWE, I could always tell the ones that were kind of new still because they're still kind of timid to lay shit in. Guys do it too. But mm. for whatever reason, I remember it stick out a little bit more when girls would do it um, when they were brand new. Um, <laughs> she doesn't hold anything back. And, Not and, at all. And that's a big, that's a big thing. There's girls that are on SmackDown. I'm not going to name any of this. Still, every once in a while, I see do that. Um, same with Raw, believe it or not. Some very bigger name, bigger names than Bianca, quite frankly. Um, Bianca's whole game, I would argue, is very fundamentally sound. Um, 
Now, she's still figuring out who she is because she has so much swag and she is so over the top with her character. Yeah. And it's only going to get better. You know what I mean? She's only going to be more and more comfortable because if this is where she's at now, just being brand new to the game, essentially, she really is on this kind of level. You know what she's going to be like in a year? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Her shit talking is so strong. Well, uh, Andre Norrell's in the chat saying Bianca should be on Raw tomorrow. And then Andy Metcalf saying uh, she should be on Raw to attack Charlotte and demands that she's added to this match at Mania. I absolutely think that could happen. Um, this match, man, uh, some good spots, some good back and forth. Uh, I mean, both these women are superstars. But right after Ripley hit the Riptide and won, Charlotte showed up, attacked Rhea from behind, said uh, that you know she'll see her at Mania. Uh, so challenge accepted. And then after she uh, beat up Bianca Belair a little bit too, before she walked out getting loud boos from the crowd. Yep. That tells you something right there. And also, we know they should have done actually, they should have had Charlotte come out to interrupt it. It hit yeah. Bianca where Bianca gets the technical W. Oh yeah. Belt doesn't change hands. Okay. There's nothing there hurt with Rhea being champion at all. And it just makes sense to go into that three-way right from there and say, you know, Bianca saying, look, I had her beat. You give, you also give, you would set it up where you would give um, Bianca what's called the visual victory, which we saw in the main event tonight yeah. like 55,000 times, which is where the, you know, the opponents laid out, the referees knocked out, and the fans are counting one, two, three. Bookers and writers consider that a legitimate vic- visual victory for that talent in that moment. And that's like they would used to tell me. To make me feel good that I yeah. sing like two seconds later. And like, well, but it ain't the real thing. But yeah. nonetheless, I would have done that with Bianca. I would have had her knock the hell out of uh, Rhea Ripley with something and then go for the cover um, where, where it looks like she's definitely about to win. Then have Charlotte hit, start attacking her. And then just because she hit Bianca in the head first, like booted her in the head first, let's say, Bianca wins by disqualification. But then Charlotte immediately turns to Rhea and starts beating on her too. It just so happens she just hit Bianca because Bianca was on top of the girl yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get to at the moment. And therefore, you know what I mean? Get to win. You start your three-way dance right there because Bianca says, I had a match one as well as the new champion. You completely effed me out of this. Now I'm going to, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, and hear me out on this. I yeah. think the way they keep Rhea on the fan side is they need to – not use the same playbook they used with Shayna. With Shayna, we knew Shayna was winning every time. That got old really, really fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Rhea, I think we know she's dominant. Everybody loves her and is on her side and wants to see her do well. Yeah. But you don't have to make it seem like it's just a given that she's going to win every match she's in. And and limit her speaking for now. Unless yeah. you have something that is perfect for her to say. She doesn't have to. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm saying she's a bad promo or anything. I'm saying because f- f- her looks are they, it says so much. Her, her everything about her is so different than anything else on that. And yeah, any of these rosters, quite frankly, that's true. And the way her stature is, the way she carries herself, I yeah. think that if you don't have the perfect money line for her to say, just she's better it. off saying nothing. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and especially with Bianca, I think Bianca. Like her promos, just seeing how it's developed and how with one line she can just slay with the crowd. Like I think that with Rhea, they got to give her mm-hmm. material to match that, or just have her say nothing. Yeah, see, then that's where <laughs> that's not going to do her any favors. 
Darian Moore with the super chat. Thank you, saying Bianca and Naomi, tag team champs. Oh my God, that would be fire. Those would be some serious clownage promos of them killing who their opponents are, though. They would crap all over them. Send Naomi to NXT to do that. Could you? I worry about Vince getting his hand in that. Like, oh, Dude, because, because let's just be honest. Dude, the athleticism alone is insane. The oh, yeah. shit talking and the promos and how great and charismatic they both are would be off the chain. It would just be great. Oh my God! I I don't know. That was a great call. Who said that? Uh, Darian Moore. Good call, Darian Moore. We want to see <sighs> Bianca be champion though first. Colonel Falco challenging me, saying everyone loves Rhea. Let's not get carried away. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Rhea, man? I mean, I I want to hear the argument. I want I like, and I'll listen to this. Like, why? How somebody could not be down with Rhea Ripley? I think she yeah wow. is one. I mean. I mean, so the knocks against female wrestlers usually, and I, I do not share these views, but what's one of the biggest knocks you see against most women wrestlers? Oh, I don't believe they have the stature that they could beat up anybody. You look at Rhea. Okay. That argument's gone. You know, yeah, I mean, Rhea, Rhea is very legitimate looking. She looks like she can literally knock your face off. Whoever just I, wrote that. I think she could, uh kick the ass of 90, 90% of the men on any of the rosters. I mean, Rhea's got the physical stature. I think she's got a good look where it's intimidating. Uh, it's unique. She's not too much of anything. You know what I mean? Like you could say with Mandy Rose, okay, that's too stereotypical. You could say with someone else, yeah. uh, you know, with Shayna, Shayna looks too badass. Uh, you know, it's too much of just like a pure fighter. Maybe I don't like that. Like, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying she has uh, that chance, Shanna, that, that, that Shanna vibe as far as badass goes. Yeah, she has way more likability to her. Yeah, she has exactly. That. I don't know what it is, but she makes you like her. Yeah, it's like the balance of it. And with Shayna, I mean, I think Shayna's look is great, but Shayna, Shayna's not gonna ever get sympathy given no. how she looks. No, never, no. you know. She just looks like a grizzled fighter who's going to just destroy everybody. And I saw the clips. I didn't watch Raw Live, but seeing what she did, I mean, that seems like what they're going with is just her with, like, an unstoppable, like, mad woman. Um, uh, yeah, and it's true. TS uh, Midi 3000, in a business sense, Bianca and Naomi unlocked the black female demo. Look at Twitter and notice how black women feel they have representation. I agree with that. I mean, mm -hmm. I... I mean, you know what I mean? We've talked about this before, Matt. Like, that's cool to actually see it. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's actually, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, and I think, you know, not to take anything away from the way that the black women responded to it, but I've seen it with black men, white men, white women. I think they're universal. Look at know? our too. We're the biggest marks probably. Seriously. But, but representation does matter, and I think that they're very good for that because especially, um, I mean, we're not going to go off on this tangent here, but I feel like with African-American performers, the yeah. WWE does not always do the best job of letting them be their authentic selves as opposed to falling into what Vince McMahon thinks they should be. I agree. You know, and I think that, yes, uh, absolutely agree, uh, T.S. Mini, that with Bianca and Naomi, they're getting to be themselves, and that's getting over. And Matt, you know this. That's the biggest challenge, right? How do you be authentic and get over and let the company let you get over by being authentic? That's the biggest challenge. You, the fans. So when you guys are at these shows, when you, you get girls and guys that are watching this right now and you go to these shows live, I know it sounds silly, but go ape shit crazy for your favorite because the, usually the office will can't argue with it. They can't argue with your t-shirts, the t-shirt sales being through the roof. They can't argue with the pop that a lot of them get. Sometimes it does fall through the cracks, i.e. Zack Ryder and others, right? 
Yeah. But I don't know. Not with them two, at least. Thank God. <laughs> T-Dub saying Bianca Belair is trending tonight with 136,000 yeah. tweets. She's money. Even more reason Charlotte should have interfered and not given us a decisive finish on this match. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm still holding out for a triple threat of Mania. I think it's going to be amazing with Charlotte, Bianca, and Rhea. Let's talk about this NXT tag team title match, the Broserweights versus the Undisputed Era. <sighs> okay, I no. know it's over, but the Bobby Fish, Fry Fish thing, man. Like, man, did they lean on that heavily tonight. I think a joke is sometimes better if you let the fans go with it. But what did you think about having Riddle do the sing-along with the words on the screen? I didn't like it. Yeah, it was a bit much. I didn't like it. Um, But the match itself, I loved. Yeah. It was great, man. I mean, so the Undisputed Era is starting to crumble. Um, This is really well done because I really thought that they were not going to win tonight. And... They did the perfect amount of miscommunications and misdirections of two singles acts tagging, you know, together would normally have. And it would protect them if they lost. The spear at the end, you know, of the bruiser weight and then um, the other miscommunication that happened earlier on. Um, it, it made sense the way they set it up perfectly. And I bought a hook on and sinker that they were not going to win tonight. Broserweights are so over. Uh, Undisputed Era is feels more stale by the minute. But what what do you think the storytelling is here um, for Undisputed Era going out of this? So the Broserweights won tonight. They're the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. So now Roderick Strong lost the North American title. So now Adam Cole is the only one left. Do you think that the storyline becomes Undisputed is going to try and get it back at Tampa and then maybe that fails and then they break up and implode and we get some inner uh faction feuds coming out of this or how do you think they yeah, could be it because here's they don't need the titles I sure mean, they, they, they don't um it, i was just gonna ask you if they did break them up what do you do with four really good talents that you really don't have time on the show for with the talents they have on the roster now uh i think they're too jam-packed as it is Roderick and Cole is a feud that would probably last for but, but when you said go against each other. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does give it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At least for three months. I feel like, I don't know if anyone else feels this way. I feel like NXT kind of looks about three months out at a time. Cause then what you're saying, which makes sense, it just gives you two matches where the other way you break them up. There's that's four talents. You have to get on each show each. Week. Yeah. That's, that's four matches. That's, a, that wouldn't happen. Well, I mean, do you really think and again uh, and Kyle O'Reilly? I think Kyle O'Reilly's second place, don't you? Who who do you think is second place in that group? Well, I think Cole is first. Obviously. Uh I would actually probably go in the order of uh Kyle uh or uh, Adam then uh Roderick. You would go Roderick next? Uh, maybe or Get maybe out of it. I'm saying overness and the bigger stars. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, undisputed. Kyle, you know. Kyle second for me when I okay. this group. Fish, unfortunately, no, they're like tied for last. Uh, third for me, the tied for fourth or third, whatever you want to call it, is, is Fish and and what's his name? He's too vanilla for me, man. I know he's super talented, guys. I know he is. He's got a shitload of fans too. Not Fish, the other one. Uh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly. No, no. Oh, uh, Roderick Strong. Thank you, Rod- Roddy Strong. I know that. But um, he's, he's to me when I watch him, he's like a miniature Nick Dinsmore. 
Yeah. Um, and I crazy respect her. Nick, Nick helped train me for Christ's sakes. Nick, Nick, Nick's an amazing talent. He went on to play Eugene. Um, but when he was like Nick, Mr. Wrestling, Nick Dinsmore, there was always something missing. He was always kind of just too vanilla. Um, and Roddy reminds me a lot of him, but much, much smaller. Yeah. So as a throwback to the other night, uh, the Undisputed Era is more the Jackson 5 than they are New Edition. Like, we know Michael's going to be a huge star, but Michael, the rest Michael of the guys. Blow up. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be coming up. <laughs> yes. If only every faction was like New Edition and could spawn so many solo careers. Um, seriously. Um, anyhow, I thought this was a really good match. Undisputed Era. See, I think Undisputed Era losing the gold makes them interesting to me. Because how do they react to that? I think Themis Champs has been boring because this get out there, these, these stupid hand gesture. They pose. It's hand gesture, by the way. I don't like it. Yeah. Can you explain to me what it means? I th- I don't know. I thought maybe it was a symbol for a while. I thought maybe it was like a U with the fingers and like an E with the three. I don't even remember how to yeah. do the gesture right. Help me out, chat room. What is their gesture they do? What does it mean, their gesture? Yeah. Undisputed era gesture. Let's see. Is it this? Am I making shit up, guys? Okay, okay. So here we go. Uh, undisputed era. Oh, it, it, maybe? Yeah, I guess it is that. It is a U and an E. Okay, I was right. Here, um, let me so screen is. share. Here, hold on one second. I'll uh, open the image. Yeah, uh, it's here. Let's share screen and Chrome tab. Here we go. There it is. So he's making a U and an E. So he's right. I guess alrighty with the West Coast side. You know what it is? Yeah, exactly. It's the West Coast side and the devil horns. So you know, yeah. There you go. Yeah. West Side Connect lives. <sighs> Remember the East Coast, West Coast thing? Like how big that was, Matt, in our early 20s? Yeah. It's humongous. Like, I was humongous. about to straight up on it. Yes. But it's funny that Ice Cube made the West Side Connection album, like just to be like, we're going to just do an entire album that's just all talking about the West Side is better than the East Side. Dude, there was really good diss songs in it, right? Good diss oh, tracks. Yeah. I miss those days. I feel like I know more about the East Coast, West Coast feud than I do about certain periods of American <laughs> history. You know, yeah. I can tell you more about the East Coast, West Coast feud than I can about American <laughs> politics during the Great Depression. That's for sure. Uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, man, every match tonight, every match tonight was so goddamn good. Yeah. You, you know what? You know, I just noticed any of you guys give me shit sometimes for the sigh and the yeah and the, uh, and the like, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Notice with NXT, you don't hear that from me. You don't hear the like, uh, Oh no! Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you. Yeah, well, no, you hear in a fawning way. You know, be like, "Oh, Rhea Ripley, how are you? So awesome. Why won't you return my fan letters? I just want an autograph. That's all I want." Um, dude, you make me Stop. <laughs> return my fan letters. <laughs> this is why I can't go to Access this year at WrestleMania gonna like be showing up and it's just gonna yeah i'm just gonna say some really stupid shit and god forbid one of them knows who i am it's gonna be horrible be around you so i can see if that really that'd be hilarious if that happens well it'd be better than just a bar the one you holding the camera <laughs> why don't you be the camera guy <laughs> oh my god um uh, anyhow so the main event tonight the nxt title match tomaso champa versus adam cole oh my god uh Chompa. I thought we were a war watching this. I, I felt like 
I was almost thinking about this, and I'm surprised no one did a match like this before. Um, it it almost reminded me uh, this idea, like when Gargano came out, it was like I could almost see a match where they do like almost a "This is your life" element, like you're getting the shit kicked out of you, and everybody that's ever had a grudge against you comes out to like pile on and get in on it. Right. Yeah, uh, but I like that with Gargano coming out tonight and the fake. You think he's coming out to do the save and assist Champa, and instead he like beats him. I love Champa fighting off undisputed era. Uh, the other guys. Great false finish because I thought he was about to get screwed over. Yeah, he Ooh, looked so strong. And it was Gargano that screwed him over. All right. Which is why it was, I mean, it was just fantastic. Was Those so fans good. were pissed. Pissed. Yeah. Because the amount of stuff he was kicking out of was, oh, my God, he's going to win tonight. Yeah. He's totally going to win. He's kicking out a homeboy's finisher over and over, which has already been done. But not where the babyface beats the crap out of four other people or three other people plus this opponent of his. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and, and man, you you see it go where the faction comes out, they screw the babyface over, he'll slides over him for the win, one, two, three, usually. And if it doesn't and the guy kicks out at the last second, then it's usually the universal sign of the babyface is going to be going over. And then especially when he started taking them out, the, the, that group, uh, you know, I was like, wow, he's going to go over here. This is huge. Yeah. Great. I was, I was so excited for him personally, you know, just very excited for him. And then, man, Gargano. But here's my problem I don't like Gargano as a heel. Yeah. It doesn't work for me, but I don't care because I don't got to worry about it yet. I just, I'm, we're focusing on tonight's match only. And this match, let me ask you a question. Do you yeah. think this could be up for match of the year? Oh, it's tough, man. I mean, I feel like we could say that about almost any NXT main event and make a credible argument for it. Yes. Yes. This one did something different. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It did something different for me and to me when I watched this. This really, I was along way more than I am nine out of ten times in the false finishes parts of these matches. I can usually tell when they're going to kick or, or at least have some predictability. This one, I didn't have it, and it felt good to watch just a straight-up match and not know which way it was legitimately going to go. And I was with that, uh, you know, I was with Chomp on every single false finish there and all the stuff he was taking and hurting his neck worse. Um, it was an amazing match. I really, really dug it. I know some of the older vets are going to complain that there was too many big moves that were kicked out of. Yeah. And to make fun of them for how they kicked out and they sell when the guy is so shocked. How could he have kicked out of that? Oh my god, because that's what you're trained to do. What do you want us to do when the guy kicks out of your finisher? Go, hmm, okay, yeah, you got to be emotionally invested in it yourself as a talent, and you got to be almost in tears because you're supposed to be getting the point across. Well, what the bleep is it going to take to beat this guy? What yeah, and pulling your hair out kind of a moment that's what you're supposed to do because it makes me as a fan think the same damn thing but from the babyface perspective and going holy crap kick it out of that this dude superman this dude's the best yeah i was so on that i was so hooked into this match glenn it really really was mostly invested is like an understatement is I mean, how deep i was into this one i mean champa is just one of the greatest wrestling stories i mean and you know i don't want to rehash his biography here too much i mean i'll actually get emotional talking about it but if you listen yeah. to like his interviews he talks about the times when he was contemplating suicide and the depression he was yeah. in many years ago he's turned his life around uh you know and his, his mindset around so much and if you look at everything he went through with diy and coming to nxt and then being at the height and having the surgery which i mean 
But that neck surgery, dude, like those photos, all that stuff they posted was so gnarly. Uh, Coming back, like, it's funny. He looks like a monster heel. But when you get to know anything about him, like, you can't help but love this guy and root for this guy. Oh my God, watch him with his daughter if you if you get yeah. if you want this guy. Yeah, he's nothing like who he is in real life. Seriously. Um, but how he physically looks, that grizzled beard, his mm-hmm. his his road hard, whatever you want to call it, like like features in his face that like he's looked like a dude who's been in a million fights in real life. Yeah. And his body, he's shredded. The dude goes to the gym, he takes care of himself, looks like a great A athlete. I I think he's like my favorite act in the show. Him I've always say it's Velveteen. But this this guy's catching him for me. He's still behind Velveteen, to be clear. But, <laughs> but there's not big as as big of a gap for me as as my, my as my fandom goes. I should say who my favorite wrestler is. No, he's fantastic, and so he had, of course, the the win, but the referee was down, <clears throat> so he got a, past a ten count on the pin over Adam Cole. Visual was, victory, visual victory, visual victory. Yes, and then Gargano uh, was at ringside to support him. Uh, Chompa crawled towards him. Gargano hit him in the head with the NXT championship belt. And then Adam Cole took advantage of that for the pin and the win. And uh, yeah, it was, it was an I mean, interesting way to end. be shocked though, because weren't these two dudes just at each other's throat? Oh, like, Gargano and Ciampa? Before the injury happened. Yeah, but they came back together, remember? I mean, they had the match uh, at Worlds Collide as, as the reunion. And that's why it was great that uh, Gargano was wearing the DIY shirt tonight. Yeah. You know, and I think actually not to But year wise, it's only been a year, a year like a year and a half. Like it's not that long. Yeah. Well, I said they shouldn't have reunited at Worlds Collide. So I guess that was that was a fake out, right? Yeah. Not back together. That was done, yeah, obviously to make us think that they're back together and then the setup will come. Which, you know what? Hey, kudos to them now that I think about it, because that is long term planning and long term story writing which we're supposed to be fans of, right? You give them the credit when they deserve it. So I take that back, what I said, because this sounds like they did this on for that reason, right? They knew he was coming back from injury, and it was like, well, crap, when he eventually comes back from injury, we can't just have them go back at it and be these enemies again. Let's yeah. them back up as a tag team and be best friends again, and then pull it. Enough time's gone by. Hopefully people will believe that they're friends again because they were friends for much longer than what they weren't friends for. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just hate Gargano as a heel, though. Well, so I was pretty good <clears> on Twitter <throat> that we're going to get Tomas, uh, Ciampa versus Gargano again at the next takeover and Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. And then fans were pointing out, people in the chat are saying, oh, it could be a fatal four-way. I think a fatal four-way, because mm-hmm. all these guys have beef now, will be awesome. No allegiance, no loyalty. And mm-hmm. we could have one of the most intense spectacles ever for the NXT championship title. And I, I think agree. they're going to need it with the NXT women's title being on WrestleMania. I almost wonder, no, there's no way they could put the men's title on WrestleMania weekend. I mean, because why have a takeover the night before? <clears throat> well, I mean, they could. No, but that's a good question. Yeah. Is the NXT championship going to be, uh, they're not sure if Flair do NXT takeover, right? No, the women's championship is going to be on the mania card. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they deserve it, man. Bianca and Rhea are over enough with mainstream fans. Adam Cole, even with the exposure he's been given, I think Adam Cole will headline on TakeOver with the Fatal 4-Way. But but I do think those towns specifically could pull a Mania match off. Oh, absolutely. I do think it would have to be somewhat somewhat earlier in the card. Where it's funny you say that because with the girls, I would argue 
I'm not just saying it's blowing smoke either. You could put them on later in the night. They're going to be fine. Yeah. I think I mean, it could go either way, man, um, and how they do it. <sighs> I think the fans know the girls more is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Especially when they showed that recap video tonight of Rhea Ripley's ascent and then showing even Bianca at the Royal Rumble. They don't do that for NXT talents. I mean, Keith Lee had a good moment at Survivor Series, but like Bianca set a record for eliminations. Rhea was like stole the show on that SmackDown match on the Survivor Series match, um, which showed up on Raw. You heard the fans popping for, but yeah, the NXT. I mean, I can't. I feel like I say this every podcast. I feel like I should have this, you know, as a bumper sticker on my car. Like the NXT Women's Division. Best booked division of either gender gender in any company in wrestling. No question. Yeah. Not even up for debate. And more talented, I would argue, too. Yeah. They're so, so good. So uh takeover tonight, man. I feel like every takeover is fantastic, but tonight was definitely operating at the upper echelon of it. I mean, I would maybe say an A minus just because I don't like some of the booking tonight, but what, what was your sort of final thought? I'm going with the A plus. Nice. Yeah. This is the there you have it. I think I've given them in quite a long time. Yeah. Here, so A plus for me. If Charlotte would have just inter- interfered a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, I agree <laughs> with that too. I do. Um, Jackson Callens, thank you for the super chat saying to promote yeah, I- Wrestling Inc. merch. Raj failed. Is there Wrestling Inc. merch? I've been I've been gone for a week. No one's told me anything. Yeah. Oh, there's a T-shirt. Oh, oh my God, that's hilarious that he brought that up. Hang on. Okay. You'll pop for this. So he, he wrote in before. Yeah. During the last podcast we did, and they're like, "Hey, so where can we get some wrestling ink merch? How come there isn't any?" And Raj goes, "Oh, there is. There's a T-shirt, and you could go to and he just you know Raj is he didn't he wasn't juggling fire. He wasn't the sizzle of the steak, if you will. He's the steak. Yeah." yeah. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny though because he's not he's not his not his thing. Um, there's only one T-shirt. Okay. So Raj, if you're watching, they want other shirts. They want our shirts. <laughs> they want Raj back T-shirts. Uh, uh, here's the deal, folks. If we make stupid shirts for this podcast, I don't mean stupid, but I'm saying if we do Raj pack, if we do Jew print, if we do like side, <laughs> yeah. Like all the cliche inside jokes of this podcast that we have. Um, y'all MFers better be wearing this shit WrestleMania yeah. weekend. I better see you on camera, hard camera at Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, wearing these silly wrestling ink shirts if we load up a store with all of our inside jokes. Oh, dot, dot, dot. Yes, exactly. I'll be the number one seller. Raj back will be. Raj back. People have been tweeting that shit at Ryback. I think Ryback just sees that and he's like, "What the f is this?" Yeah, he probably has no clue. What the, yeah, why would he has no clue whatsoever? <laughs> the, the, the yeah, the Ryback doesn't know that he's like a huge running joke on this podcast. Not Ry, Ryback, but Raj's love Raj, affair. Piggyback by him is yes. I think Raj appears more on Ryback's well, more on Ryback's podcast than on this podcast. No, this really? is he? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. No, I just like giving Raj a hard time. I don't even think he's listening anymore. Um, to this, to my our podcast, I should say. I don't watch others. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine listening to another wrestling podcast. I feel like it would just be work. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, anything else we got? Bringing this in at a tight fifty-nine nope. minutes. Okay, folks. Tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. 
Let's see how it is. Uh, until next time, he's at BP Matt Morgan. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.